Here's a news flash. Surprise, surprise. Well, look at you. The whole world is watching for my next move. Oh my God. Times have changed. There are no rules. You're gonna love it. Hi, and welcome to Skip Intro, the podcast from Binge, all about the world's best television. Each week, we're here to discuss the biggest new shows on Binge, along with our dinner party recommendations. My name is John Baum, here with Ali Herbert Burns, and together we look after all the great TV and movies that you see on Binge. Ali, we've got two very interesting things to talk about today, but we're also sort of breaking the format. As long as we're not breaking the fourth wall, John, that's all right. Oh, we do that all the time, Ali. <laughs> because I have a confession to make, but what are we talking about, Ali? Oh my God, confessions. Is this still a show about TV this week or are we going really off piece? Yeah, yeah. We're just talking about a little show called Game of Thrones in anticipation of the fact that Stop Traffic, the biggest show of the year is coming soon, um, House of the Dragons. So I think we're going to talk about Game of Thrones because the data tells us whilst it might be one of the biggest shows in the world and have a crazy huge fan base, there are a lot of people out there that haven't watched it. So we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about what does that mean for House of the Dragon, how to not feel like you're missing out when everyone starts talking about the show and let you know that there's still plenty of time to watch Game of Thrones before House of the Dragon arrives. And then we're talking about a documentary, Complete Change of Pace, uh, called The Janes, which looks at civil rights, female rights, health and body rights in the 70s in America and the Roe versus Wade abortion case effectively, which is very timely considering some of the civil rights stuff that's happening in America at the moment. And our dinner party wrecks, of course. Let's start with, as you said, one of the biggest shows in the world. Let's head to Westeros. Oh, my sweet summer child. What do you know about fear? Thousands of years ago, there came a night that lasted a generation. In that darkness, the White Walkers came for the first time. They swept through cities and kingdoms, riding their dead horses, hunting with their packs of pale spiders. I saw what I saw. I saw the White Walkers. So, Ali, as I mentioned, I do have a confession to make. Despite working at Binge for a little while now and being a, a human who's worked in television most of his career, I have never watched Game of Thrones. When you say you've never watched Game of Thrones, never watched an episode or, like, never watched a frame kind of thing? So I watched the pilot this afternoon. Mm -hmm. And that was the first extended amount of Game of Thrones that I've ever watched in my life. This is a whole format. This is, it's, it's a show in itself, isn't it? It's like people's first reactions to Game of Thrones. How did you feel after the first step? It ends very well. The first episode, there's a, there's a quite a compelling, um, I, was, I was about to say I don't want to spoil it, but everyone in the world's seen it except me. <laughs> not um, everyone, that's not true. But, you know, the first episode ends quite dramatically and you're like, oh, what's happening? I will just say, I think we all have like pop culture blind spots. There's all sort of like everyone has a thing, like a movie they've not seen or a show they've uh, not watched or. You haven't seen Top Gun until last oh, week. So, yeah. yes. So that's, maybe that's just what this podcast can become, forcing John to watch shows he missed. But yes, for me, Game of Thrones has always been one of those pop culture blind spots which is weird because obviously I love my HBO I love my premium drama but for whatever reason it just sort of passed me by and I'm not sure why but the reason I'm excited to watch this is for a number of reasons I'm very keen to understand the phenomenon that is Game of Thrones even watching the first episode I feel like I've seen a bunch of actors that I've since seen in other things and obviously they got their start in Game of Thrones um, I've heard like phrases and seen actors and heard Nate like heard character names that I've not understood so opening up a whole new world just in the first episode already but why we're doing this is because house of the dragon a prequel 
to Game of Thrones um, is coming to binge on August 22nd. We're talking to you now in early June. And I guess, you know, everyone loves to talk about maths, but if you've never watched Game of Thrones or if you want to re-watch Game of Thrones in preparation for House of the Dragon, we're about those 73 days away, which means... Oh, countdown clock, countdown yes. clock. So the countdown clock has started. And it also means if you want to watch an epi day and you want to start that around June 10th, so June 10th, 73 episodes, that gets you to August 21st and you will be ready for August 22nd, House of the Dragon. And that's just one a day. So that's one not a day. that much homework. It's winter in Australia. Hello, winter is here. Now you know what that means, John. Or you know, you don't know that yet. I, do, I don't, don't know, know yet, but... Oops, oops, spoiler. They, they did say Witcher is coming in the first episode, so I've already ticked now that off. Now you know off. what that means, yeah. That and that's my... well and truly here because it's officially, we're, we're, we ticked over last week, didn't we? Yeah. Well, I think what's a couple of things I just want to pick up before we get stuck into this is you're not alone. We know that this there are lots and lots of people that haven't seen this show. And I think because you know, Vox Pop on the street, sometimes when a show's got a lot of seasons, you feel like you can't, like you've missed the chance to get in with it when you should have. And so unless you find it in a binge many years later, lots of people came into Breaking Bad like that. People came into Girls and, you know, there's shows that sometimes you feel like you're a bit slow off the mark. Has too much gone, you know, is it now worth the investment? 72 hours or 73 hours is a lot. I think sometimes the show's so big and there's so much of it that it's almost a barrier to entry because it's like, you know. It's overwhelming, I think. I think so. And then also a lot of people aren't, and we've talked about this, like fantasy, it's not everyone's cup of tea. Like I don't really like aliens. I don't seek it out. So unless, yeah, there's a bit of FOMO or everyone starts talking about it. I mean, drama and family and so much sex, but it's also quite gory and violent. And a lot of people don't like to sit down. They like to watch something lighter or to escape. So I think there's reasons why people haven't come into this show, but it's just amazing how much it's cut through popular culture, hasn't it, in the last decade? Sometimes when something's so big, people's just like, oh, it's not for me. Too popular. I don't want to engage with it. And I think sometimes that happens when things are just like so big that people are like, eh, no, nah. like I, I don't need to be part of this thing. So you are absolute guinea pig because you are representing such a big chunk of people that are in the same boat and you're going to have an experience. We can, we're going to check in every week as you do seven hours of homework every week for the next few weeks to, yep. to see how you're going. Yep. Because I think on an earlier podcast, we were talking about Succession. I think we we're talking about the shows that got us through 2021 and the COVID year that was. And we were talking about Succession and season three had just finished. And I think we said, to be one of those people that hasn't discovered succession yet because you've got three amazing seasons of television ahead of you and it's that sense of like it's all ahead of you this great experience and hopefully you love it but also you can probably catch us up on bits and pieces but as people that listen to the podcast last week might have heard I've just come back from a trip visiting all of our studio and, and content partners in America and we had to catch up with the HBO guys when we were there and they have told us that you do not need, I mean, it's great that you want to do 73 hours worth of homework, but you don't actually need to watch Game of Thrones to enjoy House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon is set 200 years before Game of Thrones. There are characters and, and people that have impact and are connected to Game of Thrones, but you don't need to have watched Game of Thrones to be completely involved and, and just get on board with House of the Dragon. So not being a Game of Thrones fan or haven't watched it previously should not be an impediment for you getting excited or getting into House of the Dragon. To reveal my like odd viewing habits, and maybe this was because I worked at Stan at the time, but I um, had not watched Breaking Bad when Better Call Saul started and then I just watched all of Better Call Saul and then eventually watched Breaking Bad. But this time I'm going to try to, you know, be true to the 
chronological order of the production and watch Game of Thrones and be ready for House of the Dragon in August. Apparently there's also something on YouTube where you can watch the entire, it's like an ultimate you like know, a recap? Kind of yeah, thing. recap. I think it goes for like 45 minutes and it tells you basically everything that happens in Game of Thrones. You are not allowed to watch that. You have to be true to the experiment. Yes. Well, um, I can't wait for this. And I just, then I think you're going to bring such a cool perspective to when we talk about House of the Dragon as it comes in August. And we're so obviously so excited for it, but it'll all be fresh in your brain as well. And you'll be able to, you'll be so up to date with all the comparisons and put us all to shame. <laughs> Hashtag John of Thrones. We are totally going to start something on that. We'll, we'll take over the binge socials with your experience. This is yes. good. Go all out. Well, for anyone who's also in my situation. No shame, no judgment. No, no. do it. Um, June 10th is the day that if you want to start watching one a day, then you can watch one a day. Obviously, you know, if you want to do the maths and figure out what it means to do two or three a day or whatever. Um, but yeah, June 10th will get you 73 episodes a day and that'll finish you up the day before House of the Dragon starts, which um, in Australia is Monday, August 22nd. So We are fast tracking with America. It's just when we get it, it is nighttime on a Sunday. So it goes out on that big Sunday night HBO slot. Um, so you can watch it like one, I don't know, with the time zone come August, but it's, probably like lunchtime. Lunch, it'll be lunchtime on you a Monday. take a break. Everyone has to have lunch. Yes. Or you can watch it in the evening or whenever it bloody suits you, but we will be um, your headquarters for all things Game of Thrones. We're so, so excited. We're getting a few little sneaky bits and pieces and the trailer and everything, and we cannot wait. And we've got some great ex- exciting surprises coming up as well so what a great thing to look forward to so august i think we've got 10 episodes dropping weekly cannot wait to see what the world thinks of this show what is this brief mortal life if not the pursuit of legacy well should we change tack and talk about the janes yes We were ordinary women trying to save women's lives, but we were criminals. We were felons. For most of the nation in 72, abortion was illegal. We had to go underground. The woman would be given the address to the front. It was probably obvious to neighbors what was going on. At a time when abortions were legal in the US and even discussing the procedure in some states could land you in jail, a group of women known as the Janes broke laws to help women access safe, low-cost help in their time of need. This remarkably timely documentary looks at what a pre-Roe vs Wade world looked like for the most vulnerable in society. Ali, this this could not be more timely for for a bunch of reasons. Roe versus Wade is a court ruling in the 70s that made abortion legal. And before then, it was happening underground. So this documentary looks at the women that were bringing that underground movement and kind of a really big female women's rights movement to the forefront and, and kind of improving the lives of women in the 70s during that process. Why is it so timely at the moment? About two weeks ago in the US, word leaked from the Supreme Court that they were looking to overtake or roll back some elements of Roe versus Wade that would allow individual states in America, not at a kind of national level, but at an individual state level, to make up their own rules now on abortion. And a lot of the more conservative states were saying that they were going to bring in a ban on it. So for the first time since 1973, a major civil rights, women's rights, you know, liberal movement that a lot of generations of women that have followed since thought was almost banked and safe is potentially going to be rolled back. 
And whilst the Janes is a very interesting look at how this all came about in the 70s, what's so interesting about it when you watch it is you go, what else could change? What else could be rolled back? All these things that we probably thought had been fought for and we were just living examples of the benefits of them in our lives today. It makes you go, God, what else is next? Yeah, and you're watching the documentary and even, you know, without the context of what's happening in the US at the moment, you watch the documentary and you just think, oh my God, like you can't believe there was a time when the mob was doing abortions where like women were dying in hotel rooms and like they didn't want to go to the hospital because they thought they'd get arrested and all these things are happening and you're just watching it in horror at what would happen in the past. But now there's this extra level of watching and being like, oh my God, you can't believe they're possibly considering going back to some version of this. It's just, it's crazy. I did find the tone of the film really interesting. I listened to an interview with the filmmakers and they described that the way they made it was sort of a heist film. You know, they had lots of code (laughs) words and it was all very structured in like you had to call a number and you had to ask for a certain person and then you'd meet them at this clandestine location. And it kind of really was this like Ocean's Eleven level of making sure that these people got safe access to this thing that at the time was illegal because much like a heist film, it's all these people coming together to help achieve something. Yeah, But yeah, I found like the tone of it interesting and just the passion of the women they were so committed they often had very personal connections to the situation they were still seeing women dying they were still seeing just the most horrible things happening because they can only help so many people yeah and you know a lot of them had come from universities and they were kind of educated white women they had some degree of privilege I suppose but they'd kind of seen the civil rights movement they'd seen the anti-war movement they'd come out of campuses and out of that youth movement that in the 60s and 70s in America was trying to change the world but women fundamentally didn't have rights in order to even get the pill or have diaphragm or other types of contraception you had to be married like so people were buying like cheap rings to go to the doctor and giving false names so that they get the pill and stuff so won't it be interesting to see what happens over the next few months in America with this ruling and maybe the fact that it's being leaked and will cause enough of an uproar but to your point this documentary is really interesting because it kind of ends in them getting caught and then how the court case kind of plays out but you get a really great sense of what was happening in America at the time and where this movement was coming from so abortion aside amazing insight into American history and yeah the social commentary of the time. I was just going to say, we've got a couple of other really interesting series and docos on binge just around this topic. Another one's from HBO, which is just called um, Abortion Stories Women Tell, which is much more sort of a personal look at women and abortion and access to rights. Um, That came out a few years ago. And another one from the UK, often Northern Ireland is held up as being, you know, so religious and having such sort of strict religious rules and all that. Um, And it was in 2019, they sort of famously finally decriminalized abortion after centuries. And there's a BBC drama series called Three Families, which actually looks at three families around that time of 2019 with those rules changing. So yeah, we've got a couple of other series in that space as well. It's a feature documentary about two hours long and The Janes is streaming now on Binge. We came to the surface from other things, the anti-war movement, the civil rights movement. You couldn't not pay attention to what was going on. John, you always go first with Dinner Party Rex. Do you want me to jump in first this week? Yeah, do it, do it. Well, last week we were talking about Top Gun, just this little movie that a few people were talking about. Plenty more of you might have watched it since last week. Uh, We know that people on Binge, they were watching it before it came out and they're watching even more. I reckon everyone that went and saw it on the weekend in the cinema must have come home and rewatched the original on Binge, hey, because it's been super, super popular. But there's something else that's gone bananas over the weekend, and that is the Jurassic Park films because Binge, I think, is the only place in Australia where all the previous Jurassic Parks 
are available for you to watch. So the new Jurassic Park, Jurassic World Dominion is coming out this week in Australia. It launched in America, I think over the weekend. And we have the other five Jurassic Park films, Jurassic Park, The Lost World, Jurassic World, Jurassic Park 3, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So if you are a Jurassic Park fan, and we know there are plenty of them because they're one of the biggest films when they come out at the cinema, you can go down a Jurassic Park rabbit hole on binge. Did you know that, John? I did know that Finch has Jurassic Park, the Jurassic Park films. <laughs> I would hope you would do it. It's probably yeah. part of your job. But just to add to that, if you are a super, super Jurassic Park fan, we've just added a brand new documentary that's actually come out of the UK, of all places, called Jurassic Park to Jurassic World. And it's just a one-hour doco, and it's sort of a sit-down with the cast and crew of the newest film, but without being super spoilery, the newest film has a lot of the characters from all of the series. So it's is kind of- Sam Neill back? He is. Jeff um, Goldblum back? He, he is. Yeah. Uh, Laura Dern, Chris Pratt. There's lots of people, hey? Big yeah. film. You can obviously go and watch all five films, or if you just want a little, like, um, you know, 50-minute refresher, we've got this brand new sort of retrospective special. What's it called, John? It's got a very long title. It's called <laughs> Jurassic Park to Jurassic World, The Greatest Moments. And we put that up today on Binge. So there's a whole Jurassic Park carousel as soon as you open Binge for you to explore. You didn't earn the knowledge for yourselves, so you don't take any responsibility. Our scientists have done things which nobody's ever done before. Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. I don't know how you live your life, Ali, but if I don't have like a show that I know I've got the next episode to watch, my like whole life is out of whack. Like <gasps> I need to be able to like come home or log off work and like know that I've got the next episode of something going at all times. Yes. So, so that means you need a few cars in the race. You're either binging something or you're dribbling something or you've got a dance card that's a mix of those two things. And when the dance card's empty, you freak out. I am lost. And oh my God, okay. Ideally, I have multiple because i got time to fill at mm. night. You know, I just love to have a sitcom. I just need to have a sitcom in my life that I'm constantly watching. And I have just finished one, so I'm a little lost at the moment, but obviously- What was that? Tra- what have you just finished? Well, that well, that's my dinner party recommendation. Oh, okay. So my dinner party recommendation, because I've just finished watching it and it's absolutely fantastic and I've watched it multiple times, is Parks and Recreation. Have you watched it, Ali? I have. I have not watched all of it, though. So I've never done the all way through binge like you. I've snacked in and out. Well, you can absolutely do that. The episodes are very much self-contained and very funny. There's seven seasons, 126 episodes. For those who don't know, it sort of started life as like an office spin-off, sort of an unofficial tonal spin-off of The Office with some of the same producers and things like that, but sort of exists outside of the world of The Office. I love Nick Offerman. Oh my God. It's got an amazing cast led by Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman. Yeah, and it I is, love her too, but you know what I mean. And it is just about these people in a small town running their parks and recreation department trying to get parks built trying to get animals out of sewer pipes and put on festivals for the community and it is just very sweet and very funny and it ticks a lot of my like favorite things in the world which is situational comedies based love a sitcom at based at work <laughs> but also just like nice people genuinely sincerely trying to like do good in the world mm. and also being nice to each other it's like it's just a very nice show and it's funny people and it is very very funny and it is yeah. very watchable which is why I've re-binged it so many times. But yeah, I cannot speak highly enough of Pucks and Rec. Is this like something at the end of the night you just watch like one or two before you, you finished yeah. one hour or something and then you just want a little bit of a top up before you go to bed? Yeah, it's just, it's nice to have that like constant hum of a, of a sitcom in your life because if you've yeah. got you, if you got 20 minutes before you want to, you know, go to bed or head to work or something, you just flick on a little Pucks and Rec and you, you feel good. Sebastian may have been Lil, 
but his impact on this town and the Parks Department was anything but lull. What's 5,000 times better than a candle in the wind? This song is called 5,000 Candles in the Wind. Thanks so much for listening. This week on Skip Intro, we talked about Game of Thrones and the prequel, House of the Dragon. We talked about the new documentary, The Janes. Ali suggested that we all head back to Jurassic Park and watch our way through that franchise. And I suggested that you head to Pawnee, Indiana and check out Parks and Recreation either for the first time or for the seventh time, like me. And we should have said, if you like Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman, we've also got Making It, don't we? They're we do cool have Making It. Show. Yeah, where it's like Project Runway or Bake Off, except people are making competition reality. They're making cool craft in a shed. Yeah, almost like a real life Parks and Rec. Exactly. Yeah, yes. definitely. Okay. Yes. Another dinner party recommendation, Making It. <laughs> bonus. Uh, yeah, bonus. All of these series, including Making It, are streaming right now for you on Binge, which you can find on your favourite device. I am John Baum, joined of course, by Ali Herbert Burns. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast was produced by Dan Barrett with audio editing and mixing by Chris Yates. And we'll be back next week with more Skip Intro.